Patriots take their second loss of the season, Gronk gets hurt, and Tom Brady has a new commercial. All that and more on this week's edition of Patriots Rap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. You know, that's an unfortunate mindset you got there, Tom Brady. Just because something's great year after year doesn't mean anything's going on. Why can't some things just be great? Just a question. It starts with questions, and then questions turn into assumptions, and then assumptions turn into vacations. So why would you punish the week of greatness for something that never even happened? I lost my appetite. Oh, what's up, Patriot Nation? You gotta love that Tom Brady ad. Thinly veiling his disdain for the uh, deflategate shenanigans. What's happening? Unfortunately, we're joining you here uh, after a loss. The Pats dropping a tough one on the Seattle Seahawks. 31-24 on Sunday night. But uh, cheer up. The Pats are still 7-2 and and in control of their destiny in the AFC. Um... As you can see, I'm here all alone. These guys don't like to come out when the Pats lose, you know? So definitely keep me company. Join our weekly relevant discussion on all things Patriots by jumping onto the YouTube uh, live chat room and just shoot me some questions out there. I'd love to hear what everybody uh, wants to, uh, how everybody feels about the last drive and was Gronk interfered with. Why is Belichick running a sneak with Brady from the two-yard line on first and goal? You, you know, you can help me answer all these questions. If you uh, feel like you want to give a call in, you can give a call in here to the studio, 424-253-0504. And, yeah, that'll be great. But, uh, you know, it was a tough loss for, for the Pats. But as you know, I think, like, intermittent losses are kind of good to rewrite the ship. You know, and Pete, Pete Carroll got one, you know. Pete Carroll got one from him on this. So it's a little bit of a makeup uh, for, you know, that Super Bowl Forty Nine loss. So, you know, don't be sad, Pete. I, th- I think Meatloaf, you know, said it best when he said, Now. Oh, yeah. All right, Meatloaf, go back waiting for that uh, call for the cabinet position. But, yeah, Pete, it's too bad. You took two out of the last three from the Pats. Just that one you didn't was the big one, Super Bowl Forty Nine. Oh, no, as Pete liked to say at the end of that one. But it was eerily familiar where you had one team that was down on the doorstep of, you know, with the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, they could have actually taken the lead. But with the Pats, they could have tied it up. I uh, also wanted to hear what people are thinking about uh, Pete Carroll going for a two-point conversion on their final touchdown because, you know, that would have gave him a nine-point lead. Kind of an aggressive play on Pete's part, you know. If you just kick the extra one, you know, no big deal. Then the Pats, would, have, in order to tie it, would have to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So whereas he missed it, they only had to get the touchdowns and uh, kick an extra point for seven to tie it up. But it's kind of interesting uh, you know, very interesting uh, on the the play calls down there, but uh, we'll we'll sh- uh, shelve that for just a minute. Uh, I did want to thank uh, VChat for listening and uh, giving us all the love out there in the uh, comment section of the YouTube page. Appreciate you listening, VChat, or tuning in, however you want to do it. Uh, latest news on the Pats: uh, Rob Gronkowski not at practice today. 
you know, we took that big hit from Earl Thomas in the game, and he just said in the uh, post-game press conference that he got his wind knocked out of him a little bit. And then he was back in five plays later and played the rest of the game. So you think it wasn't too bad, but a little bit of alarming uh, what came out after the game on Monday by uh, the NFL insider Ian Rappaport, who said that uh, Gronk had a punctured lung. And then uh, you kind of got alarmed and you heard that and you thought there might be some credibility to that when on Tuesday Gronk had to go to New York for a uh, EA Sports promo thing, uh, the video game company and he uh couldn't make the flight he was uh, not suitable to fly so that makes you panic a little bit but reports have come out since then uh one by espn's adam schefter that says uh the injury is not overly serious quote unquote there so you certainly hope that's the case uh so the pats have uh the best tight end in the league at their disposal uh come sunday but it's looking like with a cross-country flight and the pats leaving early on friday because it's so far away it's on the other side of the country uh they're going to be leaving on friday beside uh rather than the usual saturday excuse me uh so he'll have to be ready to fly by friday so we'll have to see it could be a situation where you know just rest easy you know take your time it's an NFC foe, not an AFC foe. So, you know, just take it slow with number 8-7. All right? You, you, we're going to need that guy for the rest of the year. Um, but, like I say, we'll know more come Friday. But uh, And we have a stud in Martellus Bennett anyways uh, that can definitely pick up the slack like he did on Sunday uh, for old Gronky boy. But... Uh, it's a tough one. Tough loss. The second loss of the season uh, for the Pats, both of them ironically coming at home. So maybe getting out on the road is just what the doctor ordered for these New England Patriots. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, also a guy there, you know, you want him to take it on uh, slow on Gronk, just like I said. Another guy the Pats are kind of bringing along slowly, uh, which is good because we thought maybe we'd see him uh, in this past weekend's game. But Dion Lewis, who on Saturday was uh, put on the 53-man roster for the Pats. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't on the 46-game day roster. Uh, so they're taking it slow with him. But he is somebody we might see in San Francisco. Hey, maybe you can play a little tight end, can you, Dion? I mean, you are that good. Um Interesting. Uh, you know, you thought it was going to be a good day for the Pats when they uh, got the the Seattle one, the toss and deferred. Such a Belichick move. You know, they're just totally copying them. And uh, and then the Pats, so the Pats got a touchback, and the Pats marched right down the field, and you thought this was going to be their day. And got seven. Uh, you know, on a um, on a Legarrette Bone dive, I believe, on that one. But uh, oh yeah. Uh, what did I have on that? Yes, the one-yard TD plunge by LeGarrette Blount. And I hope you guys had LeGarrette Blount in your daily fantasy lineup because I did tell you he was going to have a huge game, and he had three TDs, so what can you say? Um, he was unable to punch it in, though, on those last uh, four downs, which was unfortunate. But, you know, I mean, to me, honestly, I didn't think that was a gross no-call uh, on Gronk there uh, at the end of the game. Uh, I thought he kind of initiated the contact. Chancellor did kind of grab his arm 
after that and kind of pull them down. Uh, but, you know, I thought there were no calls in the game. All in all, I thought the officials did a pretty good job. There was a third and seven, though, uh, in, I believe, the second quarter where Edelman got hauled down on a ball uh, by Earl Thomas that subsequently fell incomplete over his head. I thought that could was a little contact on that. And, uh, you know, I thought that could have maybe been a whistle. Uh, Pat's defense coming on a lot of scrutiny in this game, you know, giving up 31 points and all. And the knock on Seattle, like, coming in was this team is hurting on the offensive line. I mean, they can't protect them and they can't run the football well. C.J. Procise had something to say about that as he came out and ran the football pretty effectively versus the Pats. And, you know, I don't know if I can point to it just yet that, oh, it's the Jamie Collins trade just quite yet because he wasn't showing, uh, you know, that much grit uh, against the run in the last few games he played with the Pats this season. But, you know, and Landon Roberts, he didn't really jump off the page like I had hoped he would uh, coming in, but, you know, he's still a... Uh, a little bit of a work in progress, but uh, you gotta you gotta uh, like where he's going. No question about that. But um, the Pats. So there was a little bit of that bend over don't break that the Pats defenses of the past have been known for, especially the ones in the early odds. Um, and they were able to hold uh, the Seahawks to a couple field goals in their first two drives to hold a seven six lead. But you know it was really. You know, the Seattle defense kind of stepped up after that opening drive, and the Pats didn't get a whiff of the end zone there again until the end of the half where they were able to punch one in, but then subsequently let Seattle march down the field and get another touchdown uh, with like in the waning moments. And that was Doug Baldwin's second touchdown. He already had one early in the game where he burnt Malcolm Butler. He took turns burning different people in this game. And... Uh, Later, that was definitely a defensive mix-up because, you know, it seemed like they have Wilson somewhat contained. They didn't have much of a rush on Wilson. They ended up playing coverage a lot of the game and, uh, you know, having people spy on him, whether that be Trey Flowers or or um, Dante Hightower, you know, different kinds of guys kind of spying on him and not really rushing him and putting him under duress. Maybe they'll change that if they meet again, and that would have to be in Super Bowl Fifty one but uh you know on that one play they let him get outside the pocket he did a kind of like a reverse spin and kind of rolled out left and then logan ryan and patrick chung got their signals crossed because ryan let uh baldwin just cross his face and he thought he had help on the other side of the field with chung but chung let him get behind him boom and uh wilson just hit him Dropped it right over. That was that was uh, definitely the worst play from the defense. I think I saw that there. Also, the Pats uh, shot themselves in the foot by losing the turnover battle, uh, turning it over two, and not forcing any turnovers. Two to nothing uh, loss in the turnover battle. One being Tom Brady's first interception and the Patriots' first interception uh, of the season. They were unable to match the 60 Browns uh, as the only team to go nine games to open the season without throwing a pick. Who would have thought we were trying to chase the Browns on something? Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to drag down the defense 
quite yet. I mean, they, they kind of had a bad game. Seattle seems to be kind of clicking offensively the past couple weeks. Um, maybe I didn't take them seriously enough. I know I was kind of thinking the Pats were going to win this one by double digits, especially after Seahawks are kind of coming, traveling all across the country on a short week. And, you know, it seems like they had to do everything they could to take care of the Bills, who the Pats have beat twice this year. So it's kind of interesting. But, you know, a good reality check for the Pats, you know. Just in case you get too high high on your horse at 7-1, and guess what? Bill Belichick has a tape now of where you weren't looking so good. So he can motivate you to improve from 7-2 to to 8-2, as they'll try and do in San Francisco this weekend. A place that the Patriots have not played in Levi's Stadium. Uh, a little bit of a homecoming in that one for two of the NorCal boys on our squad. Obviously, Tom Brady hails from San Mateo and Julian Edelman from Redwood City. So those boys will be going back. Edelman even said in the locker room today, he's like, yeah, it'll be good. But, you know, Levi Stadium, it ain't no candlestick where he used to go and see uh, Joe Montana and the like ply his trade when he was a wee lad. Uh, but we'll get more into that Niners game in just a second. I don't want to put the Seattle one to bed just quite yet. Um, yeah, the Pats did have um, a little bit of a fumble uh, where they recovered it, but it was called on the field down by contact. And when you looked at the replay, I believe it was in the second quarter, and uh, when you looked at the replay, it it was clear that the ball came out before he was down by contact. Alex Collins was the runner uh, for Seattle. Incidentally, somebody I like out of Arkansas, and I think he can be a good running back in the future. Um, one guy who won't be a good running back in the future, at least for the Seattle Seahawks, was Kristen Michael, who was released a couple days after the game. So apparently they like what they saw out of C.J. Procise too. And... Uh, you know, they got uh, Thomas Rawls coming back, too, so they think they're pretty set at that running back position, enough where they let C. Mike go, a guy who was maybe, you know, starting for a lot of your fantasy teams here in the first quarter of the season and doing all right. But he is no longer a Seahawk, and oddly enough, actually, he's already been claimed by the uh, Green Bay Packers, who have had a rash of injuries to their running backs this year. So be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um if you're just tuning in, you're tuning in to Patriots Rap 360. I'm Mike Conley. Thanks for joining us, gang. Uh, we're here at the AfterBuzz Studios in lovely North Hollywood, California. And we're talking Pats Seahawks from this past weekend. 31-24 loss for the Pats, unfortunately. Let me know what you think about that game, how they could have won it. Hit us up in the YouTube chat room or hit us up here in the studio if you want to give us a buzz. Once again, that number is 424-253-0504. Oh, yeah. But I was a little bit uh, nervous when I saw Gronk get hit like that because Earl Thomas is a big hitter. But, you know, Gronk is a big boy and uh, shrugged it off and was able to come back into the game. So, like I say, hopefully all is good with him. But play it safe, Belichick. Play it safe, Pats. But... uh, uh, he also was called for a fumble early in the game, but that got overturned as it showed that his elbow was down. Uh, also, good play on special teams when Shane McClellan barked a PAT for the, uh, against the Seahawks. So that was good to see as well. Um, interesting on uh, Brady's first interception of the season, like I say, the pass first interception of the season, he was 
kind of rolling around the pocket, and then it, he wasn't hit, but he launched it deep, and what he launched deep was like a wounded quail because it just died and went right into the arms of Deshaun Shedd. And, you know, it was like from Malcolm Mitchell in double coverage. It's like Malcolm Mitchell. I mean, that is that the guy you should be forcing to it in uh, double coverage? But I don't know. Tom said that he had a play there, and he just didn't make the throw. It was a terrible throw. It was a terrible throw. And I have to say for a fleeting moment, I kind of regretted calling out Father Time last week, uh, you know, and when it pertains to Tom Brady because it sure looked like it caught up to him on that throw. And I had to dismiss that thought from my mind uh, as quickly as it entered, uh, and I hope you would too. But, uh, you know, it was tough to see old number 12, you know, not continue his perfection as he continues this um, assault on the league uh, that he so deserves to just make Roger Goodell taste it, you know? Who doesn't want to see that? Oh... Uh, the saga of Glenn Gronkowski, full pack little brother of uh, Rob, uh, continues as he's resigned today to the practice squad. He has been signed to the practice squad three times and released three times, or I guess released twice and signed to it three times. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, he's back in the fold. Uh, and the Pats uh, yesterday released tight end Kanad Beckham, Beckman, Beckman from the practice squad. So they must be happy with that Matt Lengel they signed last week uh, from the Cincinnati practice squad as tight ends go. Oh, and hey, who knows? Maybe they'll have to sign another one uh, if Gronkowski's out for any length of time. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of water. Oh, thanks for joining me. I'm here all alone tonight. Please, it's so lonely. Hit me up in the YouTube chat room. Let me know what you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, other plays in this game. Oh, also Brady dinged up on a hit that Cam Chancellor came in. Kind of was it a dirty hit? Uh, Belichick was asked that in his presser, and he was like, "Well, it's kind of hard to um judge intent." But uh, he said he was kind of swiping the ball, lost his balance, and kind of fell, and it looked like right into Brady's knee. So a hush came over the Foxborough crowd, as well it should. But the more you look on it, look at it, the more it was above the knee and it was on his quad. Brady was limping to his post-game presser, but looked a little better in practice today, and he said there's no way it's keeping him out. So it's a quad injury, not a knee injury, so we can uh, exhale a little bit uh, from that. So uh, looking at the Pats and Niners injury report from today, Wednesday, November 16th, uh, Gronkowski, obviously, with this chest injury as they're listing it, uh, did not participate. Limited participation, Martellus Bennett, Alan Branch, Julian Edelman, and Chris Hogan. Uh, so not participating for the nine is Torrey Smith. And then they have kind of a litany of guys that were limited uh, in that. Uh, uh, of note, Carlos Hyde, who didn't play in that game last week, he is back. Uh, it was full participant in practice today for them. He is nursing a shoulder injury. But, oh, man, can we put this Seahawks game to bed? I mean, Doug Baldwin torched us for three touchdowns. So there's a lot for the Pats D to kind of learn from there. I think they came in uh, allowing the third fewest 
uh, points per game in the league. Uh, Seattle was one or two. And but after the game, I think they're down to six, so they're dropping a little bit of that, and that's that seems like the most important stat on the Pats coaching staff, and uh, you know as well as it should be because that ultimately is uh, the one that you know determines who wins or loses the game. So you know, give up the fewest points, you got a good chance, especially when you got an offense that can produce about thirty a game. So I got to tell you, on that last drive, when when Gronk made that over-the-shoulder catch where Brady just dropped it in beautifully. And that was like on uh, the aforementioned Shed who got the pick of Brady early in the game. And Gronk just did great. You know, it's unbelievable the precise routes this guy runs as a tight end. So he's going against Shed there, who's a cornerback, who has his, you know, must be faster than Gronk, who's a tight end. And Gronk just gets a step on him and then kind of like, takes that step and shields his body and shields his man off the thing. And then Tommy just threw it in the bread basket. You had to love it. And like, I mean, I'm sure me, like all the rest of the Pats fans out there, once they got that, it's like, okay, we're going to tie this up and we're going to win this in OT. So it was kind of tough to see, uh, when after that, uh, play right there, that made it first and goal for the Pats at the two. And they called a quarterback sneak there. Now, I, I mean, I love TB12. There's nobody that runs the sneak better, but it's usually for like a one-yard plunge. And they're doing this from like the two-yard line. And so he, he gets uh, about one yard. So now they're down to the one-yard line. So now it's second to goal. Now they go to Blunt. He's knocked back at like no gain. Oh, man. And so now third down, they try and sneak it again with Brady not much imagination imagination used on this particular series of plays and you know Josh McDaniels is a guy that always gets credit for having a good imagination as an offensive play caller and he just uh I didn't really see it on this one and uh so yeah that naturally uh there was a mess up on the snap on that one and Brady fumbled luckily he was able to recover and then there was the fourth down play to Gronk uh, which in between, I think we had a defensive offsides, which was a half distance to the goal. But then, like, even when they split, they started Gronk in the backfield, and then they put him in motion, and Chancellor went with him. I thought it would have been interesting if rather than run the fade pattern to uh, Chancellor and that, uh, that uh, to Gronk with Chancellor Coven, why not just whip it out to him in the flat? You know, I know Chancellor's a big boy, but he's not Gronk big. And Gronk would only have to get one yard after making the catch. It was kind of interesting. And he was playing off him a little bit. He, you know, he was giving him like a four-yard cushion there. So as it was, they went with the fade. You know, uh, Gronk said in his presser that he wasn't even trying to make contact on him. On the fade, he has to come up, kind of put a little move on him as he gets over the toes of the defender and then kind of break to the corner. So they did. he did indeed enact. Uh, initiate the contact and then kind of Chancellor grabbed him a little bit, but you know I didn't think it was egregious. There's been more egregious calls, uh, you know, this week. I mean, not uh, in this season, not only in Pat's games, but in others around me. And I think the the refs overall, the officials are getting a bad rap, so I just don't want to hop on them like most people do. But uh, thanks for tuning in with us here, Pat's Rap 360. I'm all alone tonight. Hit me up on the uh, YouTube chat room if you want to, uh, you know, make me feel a little less lonely. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. But it was only the Pat's second loss of the season. So uh, there's no other team in the AFC uh, that has 
uh, you know, only one loss. So you got to uh, like the Pats' chances still in there despite the loss. Um, I believe maybe Oakland is the only other team that has two losses. Let me just double-check that right now. Um, the Pats still 7-2 very comfortably in the lead in the uh, AFC East as the Dolphins with their win improved to five and four bills are four and five and the jets three and seven. Uh, so yeah, you got the chiefs with two losses. They're seven and two. The Raiders are seven and two, uh, with their win over the, uh, Broncos or the Broncos. Uh, I believe they won in, uh, new Orleans. Yes. Seven. So there's seven and three. So that AFC West is where the power is. You know, you get the chiefs and the Raiders at seven and two, the same record as the Pats, and the Broncos sitting there at seven and three. Um, the AFC South led by the six and three Texans, and the AFC North led by the five and four Ravens. So definitely the uh, competition uh, you would think for the Pats and for determining buys at the end of this regular season for the playoffs. You think those people are coming out of the AFC West? But yep, yep, yep. So looking ahead to the Niners, this week's game as the Pats go to a Levi Stadium, a cool 3,000 miles away to face the 1-8 Niners. Don't let that record fool you, all right? The Niners have been playing a little bit better the past few weeks. They have Colin Kaepernick, uh, the much maligned quarterback who's been in the news a lot uh, for not standing for the National Anthem. But a few weeks ago, he was in the news for the fact that he was actually going to play a little bit. So, um, you know, he's been okay. I mean, he hasn't won a game for him yet, but uh, he did have close to 400 yards passing versus the Saints a few weeks ago, and he looked pretty good at uh, the Cardinals this past week in a game they lost uh, on the final play of the game uh, with a kick, 23-20. to 20. Now, keep in mind, the Pats, you know, almost lost at Arizona in a very close game. So, I mean, maybe these teams are a little more evenly matched than you think. And Bill's quick to point, too, that uh, where it's a Chip Kelly-led team, there was a Chip Kelly-led team that came into Foxborough week 13 last season in the 2015 season and handled the Patriots uh, 35-28 in that one. And if you remember that one, as I do, um, I thought it was a good teaching loss for the Pats when it happened at the time because, you know, I like those teaching losses, especially when they happen to NFC teams, you know, because then Bill has a lot of coaching points, and yet it doesn't hurt us too much uh, standing-wise as far as playoff position goes. But... They came back in that game uh, from a 14-point deficit, and it was probably one of the worst games you'll see out of the Pats special teams, uh, a unit that I really have been uh, kind of quick to laud this season as uh, they're really fast, and they have a bunch of guys that I think um, could contend in the future for uh, Pro Bowl spots as special teamers once um, – Matthew Slater decides to retire whenever that is. I hope he stays longer than Tom, and he probably will. Well, he's younger, of course. But uh, he sl- he actually said in his uh, the midweek presser um, that it was probably the worst game they played on special teams since he's been here, and that is saying a lot. He's been here the past eight seasons in Foxborough, not here in North Hollywood, but with the Pats in Foxborough. Uh, so. 
don't take these Niners too lightly. Like I say, they have been playing a little bit better the last couple weeks. And let's not forget, uh, four years ago, a Colin Kaepernick-led Niners team came into Foxborough and beat the Pats 41-34. to So, you know, don't take them lightly, Pats fans. You know, I made that mistake last week. Like I say, coming in with a wounded Seattle team I thought we were going to handle. And they made the Pats taste it. So... Uh, hopefully they can get well with a win uh, at the Niners uh, next week. We'll see. Because then I think after that we got the uh, Jets coming up. And we got the Rams after that, I believe. So uh, let me just double check that that's true. Yep. Come on, Internet. Uh, but... So I hope there isn't uh, a kryptonite developing for this New England Patriot team because they've just kind of got dismantled by, well, dismantled might be a harsh word, but they just had a loss hooked on them by Russell Wilson, a guy who can move around in the pocket by time and also sling it down the field. Um, Colin Kaepernick, is also a guy that can do that a little bit. So as he did, as he showed four years ago in Foxborough, where they have a hell of a time containing him. Uh, so that'll be interesting. So hopefully they can get back in their winning ways versus the uh, Niners this weekend at Levi Stadium. Following week they'll be at the Jets, and then home for two versus the Rams and Ravens. And we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves on that. Um, but you know, it's it's definitely a schedule that. Well, I, I don't like to make predictions, but it could very well be like a 13-3-ish and season uh, for the Pats, and that's going to be right in the running, I would say, for a bye. And that bye is huge, huge for the Pats. Uh, so that's what we're playing for right now, folks. Uh, we'll say that. And like I said, the Niners looks like they're going to have Carlos Hyde back. Uh, so he's kind of a lot to handle. Um, if he's back from, uh, from that, that bum shoulder, which, uh, it sounds like he is going to be, um, you know, and Chip Kelly, you never know, you know, when he, uh, maybe, maybe it's a situation where, you know, it just turns on from one of these weeks and they're just kind of moving like the Chip Kelly, like his first Eagle team that was, uh, you know, very good. Or maybe, hey, the NFL is caught up to Chip Kelly and maybe he's got to go back to college. But um, he also got Jeremy Curley in the slot, a big position in a Chip Kelly-led offense. Uh, so that'll be big. Uh, he had uh, seven catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown last week for Arizona. So um, he's he's kind of a big target for them. Uh, who gets a gets a lot of catches uh, on defensive side of the ball? They got Glenn Dorsey back, a guy that was injured earlier this season. Uh, he makes him stud on that defensive line in the second tier. Uh, you know, you got guys like Gerald Hodges and Navarro Bowman. Uh, you know, and then back uh, Jimmy Ward did pretty good versus Larry Fitzgerald as he's one of their corners uh, last week, but. It should be interesting to see uh, for the uh, Pats to see how they do versus the Niners 
next week. Uh, I'm not going to say it be a good litmus test because, yes, they are 1-8. and eight, But once again, folks, we are not looking at that uh, record. We're not being fooled by it because they have been playing better lately. And it looks like the Pats are showing a little bit of a uh, Achilles heel for the um, – mobile quarterback so we'll have to see how they get a, a thing that uh jamie collins was pretty good at spying those guys so i'm not saying the trade was a terrible move i think the verdict is still out on that and there's a lot behind the scenes we haven't heard uh from that and probably won't hear uh until maybe the end of the season when things start to have a tendency to leak out um you know when you're smack dab in the middle of like basketball season um in other Boston sports news, I did want to say congratulations to Rick Porcello uh, for getting his first Cy Young Award today uh, as he had a stellar season with the Red Sox going 22-4 and with the 3.15 ERA. Oddly enough, he did not get uh, the most first-place votes. That went to Justin Verlander, but he did get 18 second-place votes, which carried him to victory in that, but it was a tight affair. Uh, tighter than the National League, where Max Scherzer won in a pretty much a landslide. That was kind of shocking. But this is Patch Wrap 360 after all, so we got to be talking Patriots. But um, I guess the the biggest thing to be alarmed about coming out of the game is the fact that, you know, Gronk and Brady were dinged up. But Brady's going to go this weekend. we got to take it easy with Gronk. And... Uh, you know, it looks like if he is out, it's not going to be with that punctured lung that Ian Rappaport reported, that it is something to a lesser degree. So we hope that if he is out, it's going to be just for that one game. Because, uh, you know, like you say, you're going to the Jets the following weekend, and you want Grok back for all division games. So uh, that is true. That is true. So the pass will be an afternoon game this weekend, 425 Eastern Time Stop versus the Niners in Levi Stadium. Uh, I'm sure the Pats, who always travel well, will have a good contingent of people trying to take advantage of the California weather and get out, out of a little November weather, but it hasn't got too bad back there just yet. But I'm sure there will be a contingent. I know of a contingent coming out with uh, from Taunton. Uh, Michael Alley and his boys will be out there cheering on the Pats. So uh, shout out to you boys. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I think I've ran out of things to say. But... Uh, I appreciate you guys turning in and hanging in with me. So let's put a button on it. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Mike Collin. This has been another edition of Patriots Rap 360. Go Pats! Beat those Niners. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.